business leaders, listen up. It's time to eliminate bad attitudes, politics, and distrust on your business teams. It's time to change the culture of your team. That means you as the leader must change. It's time for you to have impact. Learn how from corporate consultant Dave Anderson on Impact Talk Radio. It's a learning hour of no fluff, straight talk with solutions designed to impact high-impact leaders who want to lead high-impact teams. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson with Impact Talk Radio. You know, thank goodness politicians aren't the only examples we have for leadership. I mean, rarely do we hear the politicians' words match their actions. They, got, they might be great speakers, but who cares, really? I mean, our words mean nothing unless our actions follow those words. See, the actions of an introverted leader of character is going to lead a team to excellence well before the eloquent words of a hypocritical extrovert. Our actions create followers more than our words do. You know, we opened up with Aerosmith, walk this way. Guess what? It's the way we walk that matters. The leader of character understands the old saying that more is caught than taught, and there are no days off from leading. We influence people around us even if we're not trying to. You know, you learn that as a young parent. You learn quickly that children are always watching you. And despite whatever you tell them to do, they're much more likely to imitate your actions than they are your words. And that's exactly the same for leaders at work. You're listening to Impact Talk Radio, and I'm Dave Anderson. And you know what? I got to serve in the Army, and it was a privilege to serve with people like my guest here today, Jim Brown, who's back for a second show. Uh, Jim was talking about what they look for. He's a venture capitalist, and he was talking about what they look for in leadership. And we're, we brought him back to talk more about that. But see, on Impact Talk Radio, we bring in leaders and ex- experts, authors, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and we talk about leadership. We find, and you know what? Find Impact Talk Radio. Find us on iTunes. Rate our shows, please. That always helps us out when you rate our shows. And down, but download us. Download Impact Talk Radio and listen to us, whether or not you're walking walking the streets or whether or not you're uh, wor- working out or doing or just sitting around the house. Find us and and uh, listen to Impact Talk Radio because we're here for leaders in the C-suite to the front lines. Now get back to modeling those behaviors. The words of a leader mean very little to my people if I don't model my model the behaviors I claim to be important. If I tell my team that integrity is a core value, and then I tell my my assistant to lie for me, so I so I get to miss a meeting. Guess what? My words are going to mean nothing. See, it's our duty to model and to set the example. And I define duty as to take action based on both my assigned tasks and moral obligations. My assigned tasks and moral obligation. It's my duty to set the example for those I lead. And those that might not be in my assigned tasks, but it's my moral obligation. I've got to set the example in courage, humility, integrity, selflessness, duty, and positivity for everyone I'm responsible for leading. My duty is a choice, and I make, and those choices I make as a leader is a choice between influencing people in a positive or negative way. Whatever a choice I make, I am going to have influence. Will it be positive or will it be negative? See, as a leader of character, I don't have a middle ground. If I want to be a leader of character, i got to truly believe that my duty is to wield positive influence on everyone I lead. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. If I'm a leader of character, if I see something that needs to be done, I'm going to do it. 
If I see, if I can help somebody get better, I'm going to push them to grow. At home, if I help, if I tell my kids I'm going to be at their school play, I'm going to be there. It's my duty. See, imagine what it'd be like to to be led by a person whose habits match the words I just shared. Who wouldn't want to be around a person like that? So how do you get there? How do you become a leader of character? That I'll tell you, it starts with your small choices. It starts with the small day-to-day decision, decisions that's going to help me become the, uh, develop the habit of character that's going to prepare me for the largest test, larger tests. You know, if I pick up that trash on the street without even thinking about it, if I don't make mistakes, uh, make excuses for my mistakes, and if I don't try to manipulate reality and, and uh, so I don't have to deal with my mistakes, if I accept the fact that I screwed up and that I need to grow, grow and get better and find better solutions, all these things are my duty and all these things build my character because these small choices, these day-to-day choices form a new habit and, and help me develop and uh, change my habits if I need to change them. Doing my duty and setting the example is a habit that is formed in all the small tests. A leader of character is not selective when she does her duty. She does it because she has developed the habit of character through intentional and consistent exercises in duty that build those muscles. She breaks a sweat and she practices duty in the small things so she's ready on game day. So what you just heard me say is adapted from the book, Becoming a Leader of Character, that I'm writing with my father, General Jim Anderson. And the ha- we talk about the habits of character I just mentioned. But he- you can find Becoming a Leader of Character on Amazon here in the spring of 2016 and in bookstores in the fall of 2016. And we'll be right back with Jim Brown to talk more about what a, v- a venture capitalist is looking for in a leader. This is Impact Talk Radio. Dose of reality, a dose of advice, a dose of impact solutions. Dave Anderson will be right back. Imagine if you could stop reacting and start leading because you lead a low-maintenance team. A low-maintenance team has initiative, integrity, and enthusiasm. A low-maintenance team is fun to lead because they don't bicker, play politics, or wait for you, the leader, to tell them what to do. The Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to a Winning Culture is a step-by-step program that will eliminate bad attitudes, politics, and distrust on a team. The Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to a Winning Culture is a video-based course that provides even the busiest leaders with practical, real-life solutions that can be implemented during the whirlwind and busyness of your daily job. Watch the free introductory videos at OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com and learn more about what the Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to a Winning Culture can do for busy leaders who want to lead low-maintenance teams. Get the free PDF Hiring for Character Interview Guide by going to OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com and downloading the OMG Power Pack. Don't wait. Stop reacting and start leading. Visit OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com and start building your low-maintenance team today. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson. 
Hey, we're back today with Jim Brown for a second for a second show, and he is the founder and general partner of Arena Growth Partners, and he's had got a successful track record in private equity and venture capital, and he's been a CEO and a, and a director of private companies, and you know one of the companies he was involved in as a general partner at Polaris Venture Partners, they went from eighty five million dollars uh, in assets under management. And under management to $3 billion, $3 billion. Jim's been there and watched companies grow and he knows what makes, what makes for a great company and how they grow and honestly how they fail. And, you know, Jim began his career much the same way I did at West Point and he became an army aviator flying helicopters and got out of the army as a captain and, and then went and got his MBA at the Harvard Business School. Yes, that Harvard. And also he went to New York University and got his JD in law there. Uh, and he got an engineering and political science degree at West Point. And he lives in Austin. He's back for a second show because he was in the middle of talking about leadership in the venture capital world. And I wanted him to expand on that. So, Jim, first of all, thanks for coming back. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here and really appreciate you giving me an opportunity to come and talk on your show. Well, let me ask you this. I think this is this is a key question. And for those of you who didn't hear the first show, please go back and download the first show and hear hear Jim's first show. But I'm gonna the question that I ask you right at the end of the show is the reason why you're back is and I'm gonna ask it again so we can start with that. Is what are the key things you look for in a company before you invest in it? Yeah, great question. And so at Arena Growth Partners and, and at Polaris Partners where I was before, which is a firm that, again, as you mentioned, um, had an $85 million fund uh, when I was fortunate enough to join. The, very grateful to the three founding partners who uh, took a chance on uh, a guy that was fresh out of graduate school and had spent some time on Wall Street. And when I left, I was one of 14 partners, and uh, we'd raised our second consecutive 850 million dollar fund or thereabouts and as you mentioned had over three billion dollars under management um, from that 85 million dollar start and one of the things uh, one of the many things that I learned there uh, is consistent with where we went to school and our military career and that's that leadership is everything uh, we believe at arena growth partners that great leadership is the single most important driver of success of a good company and we define great leaders as those that other people want to work with and follow uh, that are coachable and that have a clear vision that they can communicate to their team and to their customers. And one of the things I just want to tap in on there, most of the folks that I've found who are the greatest leaders are also great followers. They're people that want feedback. They're people that want to get better. They're people that seek out individuals that round out and fill in uh, their weaknesses and make the team stronger and make the other parts of the organization better. Um, so that's part one. Second, uh, we like to invest in people who are missionaries, not mercenaries. Um, there are lots of arbitrage opportunities in the market. There are folks who identify a need and seek to fill it, and their primary reason for filling it is to make money. And that's great. We live in a capitalist society, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We try to really focus in on a founder or an entrepreneur's why. Why are you doing this? Why are you passionate about this company and this particular solution that you want to bring to the marketplace? And I mentioned on the last show, there's this Venn diagram that I love and that I tend to show people uh, who are considering investing in. And uh, when I give 
talks on leadership, you know, there's one circle of the Venn diagram is your skill set. What are you good at? And everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses, but as part of that, everybody has their strengths. So figure out what you're good at. Second, what are you passionate about? What gets you up in the morning? What drives you? What gets you to do that one extra thing because you're so excited about it? And mm-hmm. then third, do you have a work ethic? Do you have a work ethic? Do you have a desire to take that skill set and that passion and do what it takes to make those better? And at the intersection of those three circles, we think is, is greatness. And so in keeping with that, we look for missionaries, not mercenaries. We're not looking for people who are looking to make a quick buck. We're looking for people who have a strong passion and a desire and a willing to work really hard uh, to get where we think they want to go. And if we can do that, then we love to partner with them. And I think that's a key word, not just invest, but partner. We want to be servant leaders. We want to help founders be successful. Um, Next step is what we say is mission first, people always. Uh, And that's a term that's heard often in the military, but I think it's very, very important in the business world and has served me very well as Uh, in the business world. Great people are more difficult to find than great ideas. And so what we've found is if you treat founders and entrepreneurs with professionalism and respect and the courtesy they deserve, uh, they'll return in kind. It's a good old-fashioned golden rule. And what we look to see in our founders and entrepreneurs is whether or not they're treating their people with that same level of professionalism and respect and mm. courtesy and that can and that uh, that candor and that transparency and so if you find those elements um, you know if, if you get the right training and you spend enough time in the business as I've been fortunate enough to do uh, you will uh, in your gut find uh, really interesting solutions um, you can do the math and do the analysis and find really big market opportunities um, really big problems that are in need of solutions, but it's in the execution. It's not in the idea. It's not in the technology. Uh, it's not in the business model even. It's really in the execution. And at the end of the day, that comes down to people. And what we found is if we find great leaders and we can serve those great leaders, if we can be servant leaders ourselves, uh, the opportunity for success is not guaranteed, um, but it is certainly much greater uh, than it would be otherwise. You know, the interesting thing you brought up, and uh, I love what you're talking about, the why the person brings to the table and the passion that they have. And, you know, I've seen it so many times. You, you, money motivation is not a bad thing. I mean, if it, but the problem is when it becomes somebody's only motivation. And in that case, when it's their only motivation, and if you're, if you're working with somebody or you bring people on your team where money is the only thing that motivates them, especially in a startup situation, there's going to be some hiccups along the way. There's going to be some downtimes. There's going to be something where it's a moment when nobody's sure if this thing's going to make it. And if, if somebody doesn't share that passion that the leader has or if the leader doesn't have that passion, the leader's only reason for being there is, like you said, just a mercenary reason. Well, guess what? The, peop- the, you know, the, the people are going to start jumping ship at that moment and you're going to guarantee that that uh, business fails. But the people who are just as passionate because the leader is passionate about it, they stick around and they work harder to make sure, hey, this thing's not going to fail. We're, we're going to make sure it's not going to fail. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I, I define commitment as doing what you said you were going to do, 
long after the mood you were in when you said you were going to do it? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. I love that. I'm going to have to write that down and listen to that, that again. That's awesome. Yeah. And that, you know, that's what it takes, right? It's easy when things are going up and to the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, adversity doesn't build character so much as it reveals it. Challenging times are going to come. If you're joining a startup and if you're trying to get an investment partner, again, uh, my money is just as green as anybody else's. But if you're really trying to get a partner, then that in that partnership, what you want is respect and transparency and uh, communication and someone saying, hey, I got your back and we're going to row this boat together and in the same direction to get through this storm and to get through these high waves because we believe that there are calmer seas and our vision and our goal is ahead of us. And those storms are going to come. And the question becomes when those storms get tough, who jumps ship and who's willing to stick it out? And so to your point, um, you know, when the going gets tough, you know, is, is cliche, but those cliches tend to come to pass. They, mm-hmm. Those cliches tend to stick around for a reason because they're true. Yeah. So we look for people who are passionate enough to weather the storm, who are passionate enough to believe that what they're doing is the right thing. And, and again, I, I want to say that's not a guarantee for success, but I can also tell you that most of the entrepreneurs that I've backed in the past uh, their first deal wasn't their last deal. Uh, they do it again and again mm-hmm. and again. And they may fail the first time or the second time or the third time, or they may be wildly successful the first time and then fail the second time. And all of that plays into your why. All of that plays into the, am I doing this to be successful and be on the front page of Fortune magazine? Or am I doing it because I have a fundamental belief and the solution set that we're offering to the marketplace is valuable and useful and makes people's lives better. And we happen to live in a capitalist society where if you provide value, people are willing to pay for it. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Well, so wait. So, so people might be out there listening right now and, and s- summarizing this saying, wait a second. Jim's saying that leadership may be even more important than the idea or the product. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. No question about it. And and listen, if you go to any venture capitalist, any private equity person, uh, anyone who provides capital to a small or medium-sized business, they'll tell you the same thing. Uh, So that that in and of itself uh, is not a revelation. Uh, if, If you don't believe me, go ask anybody else who's in the venture business or in the private equity business or in the banking business, anyone who provides capital to small or medium-sized businesses or anyone who's led or managed uh, in any type of organization, small, medium, or large, uh, if they are really self-aware and open and honest, they'll tell you uh, that it's the the people that matter. Uh, For us at Arena Growth Partners, where we try to distinguish ourselves is having identified those people. Um, who also have a great technology and a great idea and a great market opportunity, what do we do at Arena Growth Partners to help them be successful? And we believe that's one of our key differentiators. You know, mm-hmm. We think that there are a couple of gaps in the marketplace, and I won't go deep into specifics about what Arena Growth Partners looks for in terms of um, technologies or market opportunities or geography, 
But one of the gaps we think we're trying to fill is the leadership slash partnership gap uh, that's in the venture business and in the private equity business. And I'll, I'll tell you um, a quick quip about this. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first started at uh, Polaris Partners, and again, was very, very fortunate. Um, the three founding partners, I was second investment professional uh, that they hired. There were eight of us, you know, five investment professionals, two secretaries and a CFO. Um, and an $85 million fund, which back then was actually a pretty decent sized fund. And um, now when you have these big billion dollar behemoths, um, doesn't look so big. Um, but I told people back then um, that my why was I loved working with entrepreneurs. I love working with entrepreneurs. I think they're the drivers of our economy. I think they create jobs. Uh, I think they create passion. And I'm a big believer in trying to help them. And so what I said was the venture business uh, is really the greatest service industry in the world for me because you get to pick your clients <laughs> and they tend to listen to you because you're writing them a big check. But right. your job is to make them successful, not the other way around. And so what we believe at Arena Growth Partners is one of our whys is one of our key differentiators. We're not in it just to make the money. Now, as I tell my partner, sometimes we bury the lead, right? We're a venture capital firm and our job is to raise money from our limited partners to invest it uh, in a very intelligent way and to make them a superior return in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. That's our what. What we're focused on and what we're talking about on this show is our why and our how. And we believe that the way you do that is you provide servant leadership to great leaders, you find those founders, you find those great entrepreneurs who have great teams or have the ability to attract those great teams, and then you just support the hell out of them. You do whatever you can to be helpful to them to make you successful. And we find that if you do that, lots of really good things happen. One, the probability of success goes up exponentially because they feel like they're supported and they feel like they're believed in and they feel like they have a place to come and be candid and communicate. And so they'll tell you the bad news sooner rather than later. They won't hide it from you, right? Because they're looking for help. Um, second, they may be successful or they may not be successful, but what you've developed in the process is a relationship that will endure. Because as we talked about before, um, success at the end of the day is often born on failure. Right. And so the question is, do you learn from it and do you get better from it? And oh, by the way, when you fail, that's when you figure out who around you truly cares about you and truly cares about what you're about. And when you mm -hmm. find out those people, you come back to them. And so, you know, what I say is being a servant leader isn't some sort of uh, philanthropic uh, endeavor. Um, it's a passion of ours. But it's also a very good business decision. It's the right thing to do, but it's also a very smart thing to do from a financial mm -hmm. perspective. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a uh, an interesting thing. There's a book I just re recently read called Return on Character by a guy named Fred Keel. And he found that uh, leaders of character they studied, uh, th that they studied had five times the financial performance compared of leaders who may not have demonstrated the same characteristics like the things we're talking about, courage, humility, and integrity, those things. Five times the financial performance and uh, finding those leaders of character to lead your companies, I mean, that, that is a good business decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. 
And, you know, again, what we found is that when we support those folks, Mm -hmm. uh, the probability of success goes way up. Some of those folks are successful uh, in spite of rather than because of uh, the capital uh, that they have to bear or the market opportunities that they have to face. And Mm -hmm. at Arena Growth Partners, what we believe is we want to be helpful. Uh, We don't just want to monitor. We want to be helpful. And we want to try to increase the odds of their success because their success is our success. And again, if we think we first rather than me first, then we think we can be successful. Uh, This is awesome, Jim. We're going to go here uh, to a break here in just a second. I want to make sure that uh, people know how to get in contact with you if they want to contact Arena Growth Partners, if they have business ideas and things or just uh, hear from you. How can they best contact you? So the easiest way is to go to our website. It's www.arenagrowthpartners.com, arenagrowthpartners.com. And what you'll see on there is some of what we've talked about. Uh, Awesome. Make it explicit to talk about our why. Awesome. We'll be right back with Jim for one final segment. This is Impact Talk Radio. Learn more on Dave Anderson's blog at AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. Stay with us. Back after these. Passionate, dynamic, funny, straightforward, and down-to-earth are all words used to describe Dave Anderson as a speaker and a trainer. You know, people ask me, Dave, why not sales training? And I always say, you know, I could do sales training and I do periodically. I did it for 20 years. But if I help somebody become a better salesperson, it's like helping somebody become a better accountant or a better engineer. Those skills, they stay at work when somebody heads home at night. But if I help them become a better leader at work, they go home, they're a better husband, a better father, a better mother, a better wife, better in their community, better in their ministries. I truly believe that leadership is what this world needs, whether it's at work or in our families. And if I can impact that during my lifetime, I know that I will have fulfilled my purpose before I meet my maker. If you want to book Impact Talk Radio host Dave Anderson as a speaker at your next meeting or convention, or you would like to discuss leadership development training opportunities with Dave, email him directly at dave at alslead.com. That's Dave at ALSlead.com. You can also follow Dave on Twitter at DaveAnderson88 and also on LinkedIn. Watch a video of Dave speaking at AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. Leaders, if you want an engaged audience that walks away inspired and ready to become the leaders they were meant to be, contact Dave Anderson via email at Dave at ALSlead.com. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. No fluff, just straight talk with impact solutions for high-impact leaders. Here's Dave Anderson. A 
Arena Growth Partners, and we are, have been talking about what is a venture capitalist uh, looking for bef- in a leader before they invest in that company. And before we get back to Jim, I want to make sure that uh, you know how to find me at Dave Anderson eighty eight on Twitter. You can also uh, go to my website AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com, AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. If you're typing on your phone, go for the short version. A L S lead.com ALS lead.com and Jim in our last uh, shorter segment here I want to just ask you because you and I are both big proponents of character and you know what character trait is it that you think is probably most vital for you to see in a leader before you invest in them hmm. yeah that's a it's a great question you know the the thing that immediately comes to mind is moral courage I think moral courage more than anything uh, defines someone's character. And, and if I can expand on that, basically it comes down to something that you and I discussed earlier, which means doing the harder right rather than the easier wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I break it down into in two or three things. You know, the first is duty, um, which you know, we learn to define as uh, doing what you've been told to do or doing what you know you need to do without having to be told to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, second is uh, integrity, uh, and again, that's back to the harder right rather than the easier wrong. Um, tell the truth um, and don't spin it. <laughs> right. uh, and then third is um, you know it's a it's a mnemonic uh, that I learned in flight school um, that um, allows co-pilots to work together, and that is the three C's: communicate, coordinate, and cooperate. Mm-hmm. Um, Over communicate. Uh, Talk to people, let them know when things are good, let them know when things are bad, let them know when things are ugly. Um, coordinate, uh, don't duplicate effort, uh, and don't be so territorial where you feel like you have to do everything or you have to do that one particular thing. Find people that have a strength uh, in an area, even where you're strong, uh, but certainly where you're weak, um, and invite them in to coordinate. Uh, and then cooperate. Just think we first rather than me first. Think team first uh, rather than self. And I think when people have the moral courage to do that, the intestinal fortitude, if you will, um, to do that in the face of, of massive pressures, and let's not underestimate what those pressures are. You know, people are thinking about, geez, you know, that all sounds well and good, but the difference between moral courage and not having moral courage may be the difference between me having my job and losing my job. And I have a family to feed. Um, You know, changing my attitude or change my address sounds nice, except I don't have the ability to change my address. So I got to change my attitude. And and the question then becomes, how do I maintain that moral courage in an environment that may not necessarily be favorable to that kind of moral courage? Um, And therein lies the challenge. And so it's not as simple as uh, stand up. Um, at the top of the mountaintop with your uh, Spartan cap on and your sword and say, I'm going to do the right thing. You know, Braveheart uh, was a great movie, but it didn't end well for that main character. <laughs> so, so you just have to understand uh, the environment that you're in, um, what your core values are, and then make the best decisions you can in that environment that are consistent with your core values. And if you can't, then you need to take a further step back and, and ask your question, ask the question, you know, why are you there? Uh, and what can you do to change 
the environment that is precluding you from exercising your moral courage. You know, you uh, the point about moral courage is something that I I hit on all the time and I learned from my dad and the th- the point is, you know, I love the quote by CS Lewis it says courage is not just one of the virtues but it's a form of every virtue at its testing point mm-hmm. and our ability to step forward with integrity you know, it's not really integrity if the only time I tell the truth or I speak up is when it when I can't be hurt by it. Right. Exactly. Uh, and it, it takes courage to do that. And sometimes, yeah, you know, my dad, I remember, taught me. He said, hey, be, fle- uh, be, be rigid in your values but flexible in your methods. Mm. And – you know, and I think that's what you just kind of said there. We, our values and and what what you're looking for in that leader, uh, that leader, they've got to be. You got to be flexible in a startup. You got to be able to move with whatever happens because everything is so fluid. But the values, the rigidity of that leader's values, and the way they they hold on to those values, even in the face of uh, difficult times. I mean that gives you that gives you confidence as an investor into the into that uh, organization into that person really. Uh, hey, I want Jim. I want to thank you for being here. We're about out of time, and this is Impact Talk Radio. Uh, you've been listening to. Hey, subscribe through iTunes so you can get all our uh, podcasts uh, downloaded directly to your smartphone. This is Dave Anderson, and until we talk again, stop reacting and start leading. Have to do 